Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network your home for professional development. Tonight, we have a great show. We're talking all about devices and the device that is appropriate for your school. Of course, recently, Apple had a big keynote talking about the new phones that came out. And we're going to be having a discussion about that. I've picked up my brand new iPhone. Have you? And of course, over the summertime, they also released a brand new version and versions of iPads. We're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about why a school district might want to go Chromebook versus iPad versus Surface tablets as we discuss the differences between being a Microsoft, Google, and Apple-based school and uh, what does it take to switch or determine your uh, technological fate here. Uh, my guest tonight uh, is our co-host as always, Mr. Sam Patterson. Dr. Sam Patterson, how are you today? I am finally Feeling better, Excellent. knock on wood. That is absolutely fantastic. And um, you are out there doing your stuff in your makerspace. I know we're going to be talking a lot about devices today, but you said that you are possibly in the market for a new uh, device for your school. What what kinds of, of decisions are you making here? Well, when I'm trying to figure out what I need in my makerspace, what tools to move into, I was talking to teachers at the beginning of the year and I was thinking about the pro projects we did last year. And I was thinking about some of my current obsessions. You can't quite see the marionettes. They're just out of frame. Um, and in talking to the sixth grade team, they had this project last year where they made percentage dolls that were the same ratios that they were. So it was this fun numeric translation activity. And I suggested that those could be articulated controllable dolls like a marionette. And then we started to ask the question, how might we make these look more like our kids? Whoa. And scanning the kids' heads and 3D printing them is a possibility. But in order to do that, we need a camera that does 3D scanning, which is actually an add-on camera to an iPad. So what has happened was we went from assignment design to tool acquisition, and we're trying to figure, make sure that it's going to be worth it and it's going to work for a couple different years. So instead of just getting the camera to fit on you know, this iPad mini, we're probably going to get an iPad Pro because it's a newer device and hopefully that camera and device will work together for three or four years to allow us to do all kinds of different 3D scanning things. We have a 3D printer, one of them, and we are getting a laser cutter and I'm hoping to use this camera as a great way to have our kids creating things for those output devices. That sounds like a pretty cool story. Um, let's definitely get involved there. Of course, we are here live as we are each and every Tuesday night. This is the Tech Educator Podcast. We have a great live audience. I want to give a shout out to Peggy and Peggy, who's already here, having a good time. We are over on TeacherCast.tv. Please join us every single week and be a part of our live chat box. Um, you know, Sam, this week I had an opportunity to uh, upgrade my iPhone. And there's a lot of did new you really things. Do that this week? I did. I I was at. Uh, we actually went to the New York flagship store on Friday and got in. 
and I didn't purchase it there because the lines were a little bit long, but just to be in New York while that was happening was pretty awesome. And it kind of got us thinking over the weekend and we've been having some conversations about this of why does a school district want to be Apple versus want to be a Google school or want to be a Microsoft school? And I think the answer that everyone's going to give you is, well, why do you have to choose just one? But let's put that one aside for a second, because most schools are one or the other. Um, right. I mean, you're, you've got if, if you're going to you know, you make a decision about, you know, the central things you subscribe to, you're going to be one or the other. Right. Even if you're not providing the devices, you're going to have something that's set up to be Chromebook friendly or laptop friendly or Apple friendly, you know, those kinds of things. And, and, and in your opinion, what is that central decision, right? Because in, in our school district, we, we were in the Microsoft office area. Then over the last couple of years, we moved into Google. And then finally last year, we said, okay, email is now out, is now Gmail-based versus Outlook-based. And that was kind of that final jumping off. And, and our story isn't any different than a lot of school districts where they're Google apps, but they're still running Outlook. Or they're Google apps, but they still have a subscription over to this other service or something to that effect. Um what well I, I wonder if this I know that in my school, like I work at a very small independent school, and the decision about what kind of tech we use is a huge one because if we make the wrong decision, we lose a percentage of our client base. How so? They will say, Oh, you're not, you know, supporting the tech we like or meeting the goals that we have or meeting our impressions of this or that. So we're gonna to go to this other school that is. My school was one of the first elementary schools to become an Apple distinguished school back in 1980, I don't know what. And so that is an important part of the identity of our school, more so than a school that, you know, adopted Chromebooks recently. Our school has been doing incredibly meaningful and very mindful technology integration from way back. And that Apple Distinguished School status is very important to us. So the tech that we support is Apple. On October 10th, Sam, we are going to have a show all around the topic of what does it take to transform a school into a Microsoft school or a Google school. And we're going to be asking a superintendent on that show, what would it take to convince you to actually switch your philosophy and move it over? Now, you've worked in several school districts. You've consulted with other schools. You know a lot of people in the area. So do I. When it comes to a school being a Google school, a Microsoft school, in your opinion, has does that usually seem like that's the decision of a superintendent that might walk in and then push everything down? Is that a well, money you know, decision? That's that's not a cheap decision, no matter what, right? right. So I think that organizations are going to reach a decision like that on different paths, but I don't think it's going to... I doubt it would be wise for that to be a unilateral decision in any situation, right? So for instance, your school has been Apple-based, 
But let's say you have a new superintendent, principal, chancellor, whatever your top guy is, and he says, we're going to move to Google Apps. You could do that and still have iPads. You could do that and still have iMacs. Right. You could say... We we use the Google suite of of tools, right? Right. We're still very much focused on like the hardware we have in the room is Apple. I had a conversation with somebody today and the conversation was, could you be a Microsoft school using Chromebooks or could you be a Google school using surface tablets? Mm -hmm. And I think we came up to saying it's easier if you're a Google school that uses surface tablets than say an Apple or Microsoft school using Chromebooks. Right, because the thing about Chromebooks and the Google setup is that everything you're using lives on Google. So you probably can get Chromebooks to work with Office 365, but it's not going to be as seamless an experience as using a Chromebook with Google Apps because they were built to work together. So what makes that conversation happen you just said a couple seconds ago it's it's a bigger conversation than just hey you want to go google right you, you've got the tech director who's thinking more in the lines of management well, I ima- of devices I imagine what we'll hear is that it ends up being about different levels of hardware refresh uh cycles okay so this device which is a kindle fire tablet that retails for fifty dollars I think this might be the solution to everything everywhere. Just saying. (laughs) Um, It has lasted me two years so far. I anticipate I will get at least one more good year of use out of this. I can count on this thing probably for three years. And is that because? Can I count on it for four? I don't know. I, I can use Google Apps with it, I believe. I usually just listen to audiobooks on it. Let's see. Does this have Google? Have I put the Google suite of tools on here yet? I have not. I have Scratch Jr. and the Foos on here, so I have the important stuff. Of course. But I don't have – maybe maybe Peg or Peggy know if we can use Google Apps with a Kindle Fire tablet. I want to say yes because mm-hmm. they just impress I mean, me all the time. If it I has a web know. browser, you can certainly do it. It doesn't have to be app-based in that respect, right? Right. Now, but, I would, you know, so so there's the device, right? And then there's everything else that supports the devices. And if you're going to switch from all Chromebooks to all Apple, that probably requires replacing waypoints and all kinds of stuff, right? And, you know, that's a big commitment. Even just buying the devices year over year for any system is a big commitment. Then you get whatever the cost is of going from one system to the other both the monetary cost, but then you also have to figure out the cost in hours, not just in hours for people like you or Jen to, you know, give trainings and do hardware support and all of that, but just the hours of productivity lost because you've moved from one system to the other. So are you saying that the device is what makes the school district change because it's a monetary thing? Or are you saying if Amazon came out tomorrow with a brand new educational suite, they've already got the tablets. You said they're 50 bucks. That's far less than everything else. But if suddenly right. they came out with an office suite, would... And that, that would be the thing, like if they would want to go into that. We've seen 
Amazon's 10 Marks education right. program, right? They have a growing offering there. And it's really clear that they're building a nice pathway to create interactive educational experiences that they could deliver. I mean, they have to be losing money on these $50 fire tablets, right? Right. Because, because this one costs $500, right? There's a 10 times difference between these two. And, um, but, but on the same hand, the one on your right hand used to be able to play flappy bird. Right. It does. It does play. Uh, oh, there's there's Morphe, the 3D rendering app that <laughs> we just bought a bunch of. But, you know, that's that's the thing. Like, what do you want? Like, what's the decision? What should your decision be based on? Your decision should be based on what do you want to do with your tech? Right. So you want to make sure you get the tech that can do the job you want it to do. If your goal is to get a device in every kid's hand as cheaply as you can because you want to be able to say that you're a one-to-one school, that's one thing. But chances are, if you take the correct approach, you're going to have some differentiated deployment of tech, right? My makerspace may not need the same tech as the art room, which may not need the same tech as the dance studio or the math classroom. As we go through and we're looking at these devices here, you have to start to take a look at what these devices can do. Now, you know, I'm an Apple guy, I'm a Microsoft guy, and I'm a Google guy. And I love the fact that on my iPad Pro, I now have an Apple Pencil and I can take handwritten notes. And as a tech coach, um, I've actually gotten a lot more traction, I will say, out of my day. Because when I sit down with my teachers, I'm not putting a laptop in in between the two of us. And so I find just being able to sit down and handwrite notes is important. Now, I can also do that using my Surface tablet, where I, I can use OneNote and I can use my pencil and I can use all those different things. And you know what? On a Chromebook, I can also pull out a Chromebook that has a pen or a pencil too, and I can start taking hand notes. When we're you looking know, at this, that, what technology... reminds me. Go ahead. Um, there's, there's a pretty exciting tech that it does just... We, Oh my goodness, you're you're gonna love this, Jeff. Hold on. Okay, hold on. I'll I'll keep talking because because I'm looking at all of these different things. Going, what what is going to help out my students? What's going to help out my teachers? What do we need to have here, Sam? Sam, you, you you've got an answer for this here. Oh, th- this is so exciting because you were talking about using you know like a, a pen or a pencil. I think you called it. A, 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 um, yes, to to write things. To write things on your tablet, which is great because then you don't have the big laptop in front of you that you're hiding behind being the inaccessible tech person. But I've I've also found that I can do that same thing with um, these. They're pretty amazing. They've got what is that? It's um, it's a book, not a not an iBook, just a book book. And it has uh, these flexible screens. Right with so when you shake that the ink goes away no 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 it it hangs tight it it like self backs up okay and so when you it's auto archiving but what about when you and you've got you've got like this size right but you could also this is so exciting you could also you could also put it there's like you could put it in this size right you can also write in there and 
instead of just being limited to the colors on the screen or whatever, you can actually use a bunch of different types of pens. That's an apron. No, no, this is a uh, a pen roll. It's it's for serious pen users, and you roll it up. Got it. And then you don't get them lost in your backpack with all your little notebooks. Yeah, but you, so this you, is where the the my paperless classroom mission statement like burns, right? Because right, but you know, writing stuff down is powerful. But you're saying you you can get all of this book style functionality out of your swanky iPad Pro, right? Because it then syncs up to everything, and if I wanted to add a graphic or an image, like I can do that stuff. It, it, it right, like at that point in time, you're looking at like an iPad Pro, which is six seven hundred bucks you're looking at a surface tablet that starts at 11 or 12 you're looking at a chromebook which might be in that four to five hundred dollar range just for the, the you know the tablet features on oh, these yeah, devices so you're, you're talking a fancy chromebook but yeah exactly. well, because and it's got to be pen based this is the kind of thing that that is challenging for schools because you know ultimately there's only so many dollars to spend and if you have one category of devices that cost x and another category of devices that cost 2x, and another category of devices that cost 3x, it's really hard not to end up with the category of devices that cost x. Because it only costs 1x per kid. You had mentioned earlier device based off of needs. And and I, I, I wanted to kind of end our conversation here specifically talking about you and your needs as a makerspace teacher is there a device out there that meets the needs of a makerspace teacher? Because we've recently had a few teachers email us and say, I'm building a makerspace. What do I need? If you're saying right. a bunch of $50 tablets, cool. If you're saying $1,200 you know, Surface tablets. $50 tablets, some $35 computers, some old screens. Uh, Raspberry Pi computers are really powerful in that they do a lot of flexible stuff, but they're not what you don't want. In your makerspace are a bunch of good computers that can also do programming. What you want are a bunch of lousy computers that do programming pretty well, which is what the Raspberry Pi is. Because if you put really good computers in there, then everyone's going to be in your room using the computers for, like, real work. And you don't want them doing that. You want them programming weird robots and stuff on your computers. So you want underpowered devices in your makerspace a couple specialty ones here and there right a good movie making machine something like that ah. but um glad you mentioned that right but you really don't want grand general purpose all function machine no you want specialized machines that do their own job really well and might need you know a two year refresh instead of a three so your hand me downs your hand-me-downs, your broken things, your substitute pieces, and your Raspberry Pis, yes. Okay. When we're looking at putting things together for elementary, again, let's talk, is it better to be Chromebook, better to be iPad? I, I, I'm a fan of, of iPads in the early grades. I think iPads in the upper upper middle grades, that fourth through seventh, iPads only work if you have a keyboard attached to it because you got to be doing some of those typing skills and you got you know, you got to be able to do there, some of yeah, that stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't put a kid only on an iPad if you wanted them to learn to type, right? That just doesn't make any sense. I also wouldn't give a kid just a Chromebook if you want them to learn to create media. That also doesn't make sense. So what you want to do is you want to figure out how do we have the appropriate 
time and tools for typing? How do we have the appropriate time and tools for media creation? And how can my students feel comfortable going from one to the other? So to wrap up here, are you suggesting that the decision to be Apple versus Microsoft versus Google is based off of pedagogy? Um, I think that the grand brand centered decision is probably going to be based off of the overall needs of the community. Your pedagogy and how you approach it certainly should be one of those, but I think that's something that definitely comes into much finer application choices than just Microsoft versus Google versus Apple. Well, if your school district, like many school districts are, are going to be pushing four C's, creativity, collaboration, creative thinking, and Sam? Communi creativity, collaboration, communication. Communication, good. Ding. Podcasting. Podcasting, right. Um, the fourth C. Casting. Can you do all that on a Chromebook? Probably. But I know easier ways to do all of that on the iPad. Can you create video on a Chromebook? I couldn't do it right now without a little bit of discovery work. I know that one of the ways to edit video on the Chromebook isn't there anymore. We're kind of mourning YouTube editor. YouTube editor, right. I, I, when when teachers come to me and say, I want to make a video project, I do what most tech coaches do, and I show them how to make a screencast that happens to just record themselves. But then there's no editing version on some of these free services. You know, speaking of screencasts, Jeff. I, let's speak about it. One of the things I'm super excited about this week, iOS 11 finally has a screencast button, which means that my students can export their Scratch Junior projects. And it's really awesome. All you do is literally swipe up, hit a record button, go into your work, hit play. It records what's on the iPad screen without the ambient sound. And then my students can drop that into iMovie and record their voiceover narration. They can put arrows and label things as they want. Wait a minute. They can't put arrows in iMovie, can they? Uh, I don't know. But they can they can put late text labels and captions. And if they want to put arrows, then we dump it onto the laptop and probably put them in Camtasia or something. You know, I have not tried that yet. I, I am the kind of guy that um, tethers their phone to their computer through a cable, and I use QuickTime to record my, my phone screen. That is a beautiful solution for a one-person operation when you've got a classroom of kids who are trying to share something. Like Scratch Jr. doesn't have an export. It's part of their safety features. We love it. It keeps it super safe. I don't ever have to worry about student accounts. But at the end of the day, it's really hard for them to share. But now, all I have to do, next class I see them, we're going to learn to do this, is swipe up, hit record, play your video, swipe up, hit stop, and it saves it straight to the camera roll. It is awesome. And my kindergartners will be able to do it. Sweet. Yes. We will have to certainly take a look at all of that. All right, same It'll question. It'll be the only video they ever make that doesn't shake. Um, Microsoft devices, Surface tablets, and their non-Surface tablet devices. Can right. we can we compile the four Cs in there? Can we create video certainly. on a certainly. Surface tablet? I mean, we've seen some amazing work in Sways yep. and uh, like PowerPoint and keeps moving. Uh, Microsoft's approach to online documents that I think Sway really uh, presents really well 
is great because it's like moving beyond the web page to the interactive document, right? And obviously, I don't want to take the time here, but, you know, Apple, of course, you can create movies. Of course, you know, the limitations of an iPad are the non-existing keyboard that has to come with it, right? You have to, you have to do something for that in the, in the later grades. But Well, you know, and, and that keyboard that has to come with it is actually a mindset problem, and it has nothing to do with the iPad, right? Like, the iPad isn't ever going to have a keyboard because it has a dictation button. That is actually a really good point that I sometimes forget about. We want to know what you guys are thinking right now. Let us know what devices you guys are using in your classroom. You can, of course, reach out to us on on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail and email us over at feedback at TeacherCast.net. And we are going to have a complete wrap-up of um, you know our favorite devices. Sam, maybe we'll ask you to do it your favorite iOS tips or something like that over on my paperless iOS11classroom.com. Um, there you go. Sam, what is going on with you? How do we get a hold of you? You can find me and all of my things at mypaperlessclassroom.com. And, of course, we've got some great things coming out with TeacherCast over the next couple days and have a lot of great things. Don't forget to check us out on iTunes and YouTube over at teachercast.net slash iTunes and teachercast.net slash YouTube. Sam, thanks so much for joining us today. Next week, we're going to have a great topic. We were supposed to be doing it this week, but I think next week we're going to do a little bit about how to organize your drives and having a lot of teachers say, hey, how do I not have like a million docs in my Google Doc or in my OneDrive? And we'll talk a little bit about my drives versus team drives. We'll save that one for a, a next time. And don't forget, on October 10th, we're going to be having our friends from Microsoft come on to talk about this very topic. On behalf of Sam and everybody here in the Tech Educator Podcast, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classroom and continue sharing your passions with your students.